Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus' name disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona, and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. of Isaiah chapter 43 and I was told to announce (laughs) that uh, if you would like to come to the crumbweed reception a gift is not required to come they would desire you just to be there in fellowship And so even if you don't have a gift, that's not the intention. The intention is to fellowship and to celebrate. Amen. Isaiah 43 and verse 18. Does anybody want God to do something new? Isaiah 43 and verse 18. It's good to have our friends here with us in the back. God bless you all. Appreciate you. Amen. And uh, met a new friend there tonight. He said, would you be my friend? I said, absolutely, I'll be your friend. Amen. So we're happy to have new friends. Praise God. I believe he goes to school with Brother Phoenix. And so we're thankful that he's here tonight. Isaiah 43 and verse 18. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. I'm going to try my best not to use the the North Carolina twang and say thing or thing, thing, but thing. That's right. Thank you, Brother Walker. Anybody else from the east or from the south? You can say thing. Okay. We're just going to establish this acceptable now. So when my wife gets on to me later, I can just say, hey. (laughs) I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall ye not know it. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Tonight I want to speak on this topic that I believe is directly from the mouth of God. For particularly this service, this is not something I've been uh, holding on for very long, and so God knows that I don't, I don't, I'm not very comfortable tonight because I don't have a lot of preparation in my spirit. But not because I haven't been seeking, but because God has just withheld this until this particular moment. So, with your help, I'm going to speak to us tonight on it's your move. It's your move. Could you put down your Bibles and one more time lift up your hands and let's just pray right now all together. Jesus, we thank you, Lord, and we praise you, God. We magnify you, Lord, and we lift you up. Hallelujah. Do something here tonight that you've never done before in our hearts. God, we yield our spirit. We yield our heart. We yield our life to you, God. Lord, in your precious name, do, O oh Lord, a work, O oh God. And encourage us and strengthen us and embolden us, O oh God, to do what you are calling us us to do in the name of Jesus. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, it's your move. Amen. God bless you. Praise God. 
not going to hold cards tonight, not going to hold back what I do feel God is desiring, but I'm going to put it right here out front in the very beginning. And that is that I truly believe that God has something in store for us. And He is simply waiting on us to take a step forward. There is something and there's a lot of things in my spirit tonight. It's just all kind of crammed in there. And I truly feel that there are several people here tonight that God wants to take to another dimension of you fill in the blank, but He is waiting and He is desiring us to take a step forward. He is literally saying, it is your move. Amen. The Bible has a lot to say about it being our move. In fact, uh, a big majority, all of Scripture is really uh, kind of pointless unless we obey the Word of God. Amen. The Word of God serves really no purpose in our lives unless we will obey the Word of God. Amen? Unless we, it not just, it's not just good enough to read it, it's not just enough to hear it preached or taught, but we must obey the Word of God. In fact, we read in 1 Samuel 15 that says to obey is better than sacrifice. So what, what, is, what, is, what is this scripture, what is the essence of this word? The word of God is saying, it is better than what you do for the church. It is better than what you give the church. Man, it's getting quiet. I don't know why it's quiet. It's better than your talent. It's better than your intellect. To obey is better than sacrifice. I would, if you could give your, you could donate your brand new Tesla to the church. And I tell you what, we could use, we could do a lot with that sale of that Tesla. But in, in you, for you personally, it is going to do absolutely no good unless you are obeying the word of God. Now, would we, would, could we, could we use a Tesla, the sale of a Tesla? Absolutely, we could. But more than money, more than uh, mammon, more than the things of this world, it is my desire that first and foremost that we obey the Word of God. Everybody with me on that? Raise your hand if you agree to that. Now, if you agree to what I just said, and everybody here, I believe everybody raised their hand, then you're not, you understand that I'm not saying that we can't not give because the Word talks about giving of time, of talent, and of treasure. Now, I'm not coming to preach on giving tonight, but I'm talking about the obedience to the Word of God. Now, if the Word of God would ask us to do something great, we'd probably be willing to do it. Well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go down, and I want you to go buy this brand new car, and I want you to give it to the church. And if, if you had the finances to do it, I believe a majority of people, if not all perhaps, would go down to the car lot, buy the car, and give it to the church. Brother Gissel said he would. <laughs> all right. But the, re the reality is, is it's not the sacrifice that matters. It is the obedience that matters. And it's the same way when we give to God. Everybody has a different gift in terms of the, the level of the, the, the uh, currency, if you will, or the talent or the time. But everybody, it's not about the amount, it's about the gift. 
But he says, hey, it's not, I just don't want you just to give money. I just don't want you just to give of your time or to give of, your, of, of the things that you have. But I will actually want you to get into the word and listen to my voice and obey what I have to say. Just because someone writes a big old check to a church doesn't secure their salvation. They have to read the word of God and they have to obey the word of God. In fact, Deuteronomy said it like this. He said, Behold, I have set before you this day a blessing and a curse. This is Deuteronomy 11 and 26. And I normally always give scriptures to Sister Angela and whoever's back there, but I'm, I'm pulling a Joseph Poli tonight. And uh, Deuteronomy 11 and chapter 26, or verse 26 says, Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse. He said, I will give you a blessing if what? You obey the commandments of the Lord your God. But I give you a curse if you will not obey. God is much about this. If you will, then I will. Because we've got to realize God's already gave everything. He's already died on the cross. He's not going to the cross to die again. There's no need for that. He's not going to do it. And so what he's saying is, I've come 60% or 70% or 80% of the way. I need you to come the 20%. And so if you will, I will. If you will make a step forward, I will do it. If you will make a move, then I'll make my move. Because you've got to understand that our move is so insignificant to his move. But to get the significant move, we've got to do our part. You say, well, what I've got is just so tiny. What I can do is just so tiny. That's not what it's about. It's about going the 20% or whatever that percentage is. He says, if you want a blessing, you got to obey. But if you want a curse, then don't obey. Isaiah 1 and 19 said, if you be willing and obedient, ye shall eat of the good of the land. And in verse 20, I believe it said, but if you are not obedient, then you will not eat of the land. This is a very common, very common. You'll be devoured with the sword, the Bible says, that if we refuse and we rebel. And so this, this concept of if you will, then I will is very much ingrained into the word of God. And I believe tonight that God is looking at Lighthouse Church. He's looking, and I could go around and say all of our names, starting with myself, going on to my family and on. I can say that God, I believe so full in my spirit, is waiting on us to make a move. He's saying, if you will move, then I will move. But as long as you refuse to move, I will not move. As long as you refuse to go a little bit deeper, then I can't take you deeper. I, I believe God wants to take us to another dimension that we've never seen before. Another dimension of all things. And perhaps there are some things right now that you know in your spirit what I'm talking to. A greater dimension of prayer or a greater dimension of fasting or a greater dimension of consecration or a greater dimension of giving or a greater dimension of faithfulness or a greater dimension of, of whatever it is or perhaps there's something in your life financially or physically that you desperately need from God and what God is saying tonight, that if you will obey, then I will come the rest of the way. Amen. We, we find this throughout Scripture, this concept of if you will, or if you will, if you will make a move, then I'll make my move. Because God, I got to just do it. I got to just get down here. God is, here, Sister Lexi, God's not God to sit there. God's not just going to do this right here. I mean, he's there, and he's got his hand out, but he's not going to get up and say, come on, get up. He's not going to drag us to the altar. 
Why'd you get up for? <laughs> He's not going to drag us to the altar and say, hey, I, I, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to tell you something else God's not going to do. He's not going to say, well, I guess since you just want to sit there, then I'll just come, I'll just come all 100%. That's not how this works. God says, if you will, now you can get up. If you will get up, I'll meet you 80% of the way. But you got to make a move. Sorry for squeezing your hand. You got to make a move. And so throughout Scripture, we find all these different miracles in the Bible. In Mark 3, we find a man with a withered hand. And the Bible says that, uh, that the, the man stretched out his hand. Now God Look, Caldwell, he absolutely could have run down to that man and said, hey, here, your hand that's here in your pocket, it's healed. But he didn't do it. He said, stretch forth your hand. Now, you can't tell me that God couldn't have healed him just by the thought of it because he could have. All it would have taken is the faith of that man, and God said, as you, as you have faith, let it be done. And that withered hand would have came and been perfect. But he said, stretch forth your hand. You see, we want a miracle, but we don't want to do the work to get it. We, 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 we kind of want revival, but we don't want to do the work to get it. We, we want the supernatural, but we don't want the prayer that comes along with it. We don't want to make the stretch. Bible says in Luke 17, uh, talking to a man of leprosy, he said, we talked about this, I believe, last week. He said, go and show yourselves unto the priest. He said, and when you show yourself to the priest, it will come to pass. And guess what? He could have healed that leprosy right then. He could have, it could have been healed. I mean, God can do anything. But he is a God that says, hey, if you will, I will. Hey, if you really want your miracle, then go show yourself to the priest. And I believe that if they would have just sat there and said, well, I guess we're just not going to be able to, to get our healing. We'll just kind of sit here and mope around and kind of drag our feet and kind of, you know, kind of just come and kind of just sit around because he, he, I mean, he's the miracle worker, but he sure ain't doing a miracle right now. But you know what those men did? They marched themselves into the priest. And the Bible says that his hand was restored whole as the other. I've come to tell you. Oh, he says that they were all cleansed. They went before the priest and they were cleansed. How and why? Because they went. So many times we want the preacher to come back to our seat and lay, our, lay his, hand, his hands on our head. And, and perhaps sometimes that happens, but I'd say most times uh, what really needs to happen is that we have a desire for something from God uh, and all we got to do is walk about three or four pews uh, links to the altar of prayer, throw your hands up uh, and ask God to do a miracle in your life. Uh, stop expecting a preacher to come lay his hands on your head uh, and see a breakthrough. Uh, God's got your breakthrough right here at the altar, uh, but you're going to have to get up out of your seat uh, you're going to have to get up from wherever you're at spiritually and you're going to have to make a move toward God. Amen. In John chapter 2, Jesus turned water into wine at the wedding of Cana of Galilee. Cana of Galilee. And, and verse 7 said, Jesus said to him, fill the water pots with water. Now, they could have said, we're not filling no water pots with water. And guess what would have happened? Nothing. Nothing would have happened. Is what A whole lot of nothing. And sadly, that's what's happening in a lot of services, in a lot of churches. Nothing. 
But I'm telling you, we've got to have a spirit of refusal on that spirit. We've got to say, no, no, no. I refuse to have nothing happen. But we will be an apostolic church. We will be a church where children are receiving the Holy Ghost. We'll be a church where children and adults are receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized. And so what are we going to have to do? The Bible says sometimes you're going to have to go get a wine or get a water pot and fill it with water. If you want wine, he says, go and fill the water pots with water. And the Bible says they fill them up to the brim. Oh, I love how God just adds that little bit of uh, specific. He says to the brim. He, they didn't bring back half-filled wine, pot, water pots. Oh, and so many times that's what we do. We come to the altar and say, well, I'm going to give you this portion. I'm going to give you this half. But this half, I can't give you. I'm not willing to give up this sin just yet. I'm not really, really willing to be faithful in, to church just yet. I, I'm not willing, I'm not, just, I'm not ready just yet to, to work my schedule around the things of God. I, I'm, I'm not ready just yet to, to really start giving the way that God has commanded me to give. I'm, I'm not ready just yet, but I, I still kind of want halfway new wine. And that's not how it works with God, church. It's either all or nothing. And I'm going to say it somewhere. we got to stop wanting it our way. You aren't God. I'm not God. He's God. If He says come to the altar, you better come to the altar. If He says to sacrifice something in your lifestyle, then you need to sacrifice something in your lifestyle. If He says to give it, I'm going to tell you what, you don't want it. You don't want what God said is mine. Because once God says it's mine, I'm stealing from the very God of glory. I want to give it to God, not just joyfully, but I want to give it right now. I don't want to wait tomorrow. And I'm not just talking about dollars and cents, but I'm talking about our life. I'm talking about the, our lifestyle. I'm talking about what we do for God and how we live for God and how often we pray and, and how often we read our Bible and how often we're really in travail. I mean, do you really want God to move in your life? Do you really want God to move in another dimension in this local assembly? Do you really want God to give this city a revival that we've never seen before? I've come to tell you, God is here and He's ready to give it whatever it is that you need. But He's saying, hey, it's your move. Hey, it's your move. I've already done my part, and all you got to do is take a step forward, and then I'll come the rest of the way. Amen. Not only did he tell them to fill the water pots, you see, sometimes God asks us to do a couple, few things, and we're kind of like, why? We do one thing, and, God, and we're like, well, God, why haven't you healed me yet? God, why haven't you blessed me yet? God, I did this, and I've done that. Why, what, what's going on? Why are you slow? The Bible says that, and he said unto them, now that you filled the water pots with water and you filled it to the brim, now I want you to draw out. Well, you draw it out. That's what a lot of people want to say. Well, you worship. Well, you pray. Well, you fast. Don't be pointing at me. You do it. Tell you what, we've got to stop having that, that kind of attitude and we've got to say, you know what, if nobody else does it, I'm going to do it. If nobody will make a move, I'll make a move. In John 9, Jesus sped on the ground, making clay to anoint the eyes of a man. And, and that, that should be enough to receive a miracle, folks. 
I mean, that really should be enough, you would think. And so many times we go through life and we go through situations and we're thinking, my God, when is God going to move? God's saying, I'm still waiting on you. Because God wasn't finished. His command wasn't done. Here Jesus done spit in the dirt and made some clay out of his spit and some nasty dirt. And he takes that nasty spit and mud, that clay, and he puts it on the eye of that man and begins to rub it around his eye. Now that's pretty nasty. All right? That should have been enough to receive his eyesight. But the Bible says that the Lord told him, now go wash yourself. Well, but you, you just spit in the ground, made some clay out of the dirt, and you put it on mine. Now you want me to go wash? Yeah, because you're dirty. But once you go and wash, you will be completely healed of your blindness. And the Bible says that he went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Come to tell you, he's waiting for somebody to make your step and go wash, to make your step and do something for God that you've never done before. We know the story of Naaman. Naaman was sent to the Jordan. And of course, Naaman didn't want to do it. In fact, the servant told Naaman, he said, Hey, if he would ask you to do something great, you probably would have done it. But now that he's asked, the prophet's asked you to go wash in the Jordan River seven times, you, you won't do this thing because that's a dirty lake. That's a dirty river. You don't want any part of it. But do you want your healing or not? And I, I know I'm just going to kind of, I'm honestly probably going to repeat myself a lot tonight. Do you want what God has for you or not? Do we really want God to move in our marriages? Do we really want God to move in finances? Do we really want God to move? And you fill in the blank, whatever it is. Because if you do, then God has got it. It's closer than it's ever been for you. It's closer than it ever will be. But God's saying, will you make a move? Sister Angela, she didn't know what I was preaching. She told me on the way to church this morning, she looked in her right mirror of her car, and she said she read that line, objects may appear close, or are closer than they appear, and she began to be moved by the Holy Ghost. And I've come to tell you, I didn't even know what I was preaching when God gave her that, but she confirmed the word of the Lord, and God's telling us, look in your mirror. Objects are closer than they appear. You ain't got to run much further, but you're going to have to make a move. You're going to have to get up out of where you're at and stretch forth a hand. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I could go on with so many other examples, but I just got to give you what God really injected in my spirit. We were on a call for AYC with Brother Corbin, and man, I've just been moved ever since. But I truly believe that God desires to do a new work in the kingdom of God for this church. I believe that scripture that the Bible talks about in Isaiah, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. I've come to ask you who wants something new to happen in your life. Anybody want something new to happen in your life? Uh, something new to happen in your family? Uh, something new to happen in your ministry? Uh, something new to happen in your anointing? Uh, I believe there are some here today uh, that you have a desire for something new. Uh, and God says, hey, uh, it's closer than you can see. Uh, but you got to make a move. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
I realize that Solomon in Ecclesiastes 1.9 said there is nothing new under the sun. But i got to tell you, these scriptures do not contradict each other. Because the Bible doesn't, it was written under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. They do not contradict each other. It says in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and 9, there is no new thing under the sun. But what Solomon was simply saying was he was emphasizing the natural cycle of human life on earth and the emptiness of living on the, the rat race only race. He says, hey, there's nothing new to humanity. You'll see nothing out of humanity that has not already happened. But when it comes to God, he is not a human like you and me when it comes to God he can do whatever he wants to do Brother Caldwell sings that song you can do whatever you want to do he may never split a Red Sea again but I wonder what he'll do for your life that he's never done before if we'll just make a move if we'll just make a move if we'll just get deeper in prayer if we'll just get deeper in fasting if we'll just get deeper in faithfulness what will God do for you Can we lift our hands right now? I believe God's ministering to us right now. If you will receive it. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I've got to tell you for humanity there is no new thing. But God is sovereign. And he's far beyond man. And he desires to do something new. I'm telling you, we're not talking about a new revelation, church. I'm not talking about a new understanding. Isaiah said to remember not the former things, neither the things of old. you got to understand what I'm saying tonight. I'm not talking about uh, changing or forgetting or about our inheritance. I'm not talking about forgetting about the doctrine. I'm not talking about compromising the doctrine, compromising holiness or, or the things that we've received from our forefathers. I still believe we need to find the old past. I'm not saying we forget those things. But what I believe God is saying, and you need to hear if you've not heard anything I've said tonight, hear this. If you won't be anchored to the past, to the point where you are immovable in what God wants to do now, if you will just tread a little bit deeper, if you will just make a step forward, if you will just make a move tonight, God wants to do something new in your life. I love hearing stories of how God moved upon the different, I love hearing Brother Caldwell, Sister Caldwell talk about all of the revivals and all of the, the churches and all of the great things and I love sitting around the table and hearing all of these stories but I've come to tell you God wants to do something new. God wants to do something new. He wants to do something He's never done before but He needs a willing vessel. He needs somebody that will come with a pot filled to the brim saying, God, I bring you everything. Now turn what I've got into new wine. God, I've come with everything and I'll stretch forth my hand for it to be healed. You see, we can't see God do what he wants to do today and tomorrow with the thought or the understanding that whatever we've seen him do in the past is the only thing that he can do today. Did everybody get that? If you didn't, it's all right. I'm going to say it again. We can't see God do what He truly wants to do if we are stuck and limiting Him on the past. Well, I remember 20 years ago when we had this, or I remember 10 years ago when we did that, or I remember when I was at this church. This Listen, I'm great, and we can use those experiences, but my God wants to do something new and something fresh. 
But it's up to us. Will we make a move? John 14 says, Verily, verily, verse 12, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, these works shall I do, shall he do also. Not only this, but he says, Hey, I did a lot of great things on this old here old earth, but greater things and greater works than these shall he do. Because I go unto my Father. Jesus himself said, Hey, you're going to do some greater things than I did. And I remember one apostle, as he began to walk and the shadow would hit the sick people, they would become to be healed. I'm telling you what, God wants to do something new. He wants somebody that says, hey, I'll make a move. I'll make a move deeper into the water of consecration. I'll make a move deeper into prayer. I'll make a move deeper into faithfulness. I'll make a move deeper into an altar call. I will make the move that God wants me to move. God desires to take us and to lead us to a point of no return. Think about it. He wants to take you to a point of no return. Have you ever thought about how elders have made it all of this while? Have you ever thought and ever heard a prayer warrior pray and you have this thought in your head, man, I want to pray like they pray. Anybody ever felt like that? I tell you what, I I have and I still do. Or hey, I want to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost like they're sensitive to the Holy Ghost. I want the spirit of discernment that they've got. I want the spirit of interpretation that they've got. Or I, whatever it is, you begin to see all these people and you begin to wonder how do I obtain the things that I see. And God's saying all the while, I want to do something even greater than that in you. I want to make you the prayer warrior that knows nobody else has ever seen before but you're going to have to make a move like nobody else has before we've got to go deeper if I were in an ancient boat with the disciples watching Jesus walk on the water I could be like the 11 disciples who sat in a relatively comfortable boat got the 11 disciples here they're just watching Jesus Walk on the water. Or we can be a Peter. Or we can get a, be a Peter and say, hey, if he's walking on water, I want to walk on water. And you know what the flesh says? Well, nobody's ever walked on water before. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm not talking about walking on water. I'm talking about where, where we're at tonight. Well, God, God's never fixed this before. Or God's never provided for that before for you. Or God's never done this in the church before. And God, But... My God, there's got to be a Peter somewhere. There's a lot of a lot of the 11 out there that say, hey, we'll just kind of sit by and watch the wind blow and the fire burn. But my God, make me like Peter that will take a step that nobody else will take. Let me, God, be the man of prayer that you want me to be. God, make me the man of God that you want me to be. Make me, mold me. We can be Peter and we can choose to step out and risk drowning in the deep water. Tonight, I'm calling for Peter to take a step, to make a move. Brother Wiseman, as you get a song tonight. Peter didn't have to get out of the boat to experience Jesus' miracle. He didn't have, they didn't have to get, he didn't have to get out of the boat. He could have seen Jesus walk on water just like the other eleven. And they could have came back, all of them, and said, man, we just saw Jesus walk on water. 
We just saw something that no man, no woman, no child has ever seen before. We saw Jesus walk on the sea. The other disciples saw Jesus walking on water. He was walking toward them just as surely as he was walking toward Peter. But there was something deep down in the spirit of Peter, perhaps same spirit that did him wrong kind of in the future but there was something that was yearning for something more in Peter's spirit that says if he can do it then I can do it if he can walk on water I want that experience let's all stand tonight Peter decided that it wasn't enough that just seeing it happen to everybody else was purely not enough and I'm going to tell you We can sit around and we can watch every other church. We can watch everybody else pray. We can watch everybody else have a spirit of consecration. We can watch everybody else be faithful. We can watch everybody else do the work of God. We can just sit there and be the 11 if we want to. But God says, hey, I'm reaching for a Peter tonight. There's somebody in this service. There are several, someone in this service that God's talking to your heart. He's trying to knock on your heart and says, hey, the object is closer than what you can see. Your miracle is closer than what you can physically see with your eyes. But I'm waiting on you to make a move. I'm waiting on you to make a move. I'm calling for Peter tonight. Where are you, Peter? Where are you, say to God, that wants to be used in the gifts of the Spirit? Where are you, church? What are you going to do about it? I'm not talking about a physical moving. I'm talking about a spiritual moving. God's calling us to walk deeper in the power of God. God's calling us to get closer to Him than we've ever been before. You can use anything, Lord. Come on. Come on, if you've never repented of your sins, I'm asking you to come to this altar tonight and repent of your sins. The Bible says to repent of your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. If you've never experienced what you feel in this place, lift up your hands and magnify God. Come on, church. Let's make a move right now. Let's make a move right now. God, make me a prayer warrior. God, make me a prayer warrior. God, take me deeper. You can use anything, Lord. You can use me. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Take my hands, Lord. Take my feet. Touch my heart. Something from God, you need to raise your hands. You need to make a move tonight. Make 
make up in your mind, make up in your spirit, make up in your heart. I refuse to leave this place living for God the way that I've been living for God. But I gotta go a little bit deeper. I gotta go a little bit further. I gotta take a step. I gotta make a move. 